I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Welcome into another episode of a Quick Timeout Podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. With the offseason finally here and hopefully your players in the gym working on their game, now is as good a time as any to look into purchasing a Dr. Dish shooting machine. I've already been in the gym with our guys and our CT model this summer. The great thing about these shooting machines is that you can use them as more than simply just rebounding and passing devices. Thanks to the built-in tablets, there are workouts to help improve multiple fundamental skills to help make your players better overall as well. To find out more about these great tools, visit drdishbasketball.com. And if you mention quick timeout to a sales rep, you'll receive $300 off your purchase. Again, that's drdishbasketball.com. You and your players will be glad you purchased a Dr. Dish shooting machine. Joining us today is Coach Jonathan Jones, Coach JJ Jones from the Princeton Tigers. Coach, great to have you on the show. Glad we're here today. This is awesome. You don't have to give me your whole life story, but kind of how did you find your way there to Princeton? Starting off, I was originally, you know, Division three basketball player. Um, I love the game. And they always say, now I understand when they say, if you play Division three basketball, you really do have a heart for the game. Not that other players don't love the game, but you really love to play. You love to be in the gym. You love to get in those workouts and do things like that. Um, so I started playing basketball. I came University Division three school here in New Jersey. Um, and then I was able, I was fortunate enough to, you know, play professionally for three years in Europe. And once I was done with that, then all of a sudden I realized that, you know, wheels kept turning for me. And I realized that I wanted to actually start to teach the game. I realized teaching teaching the game is actually so much more important to me. And I had I got more of a you know, not a, I wouldn't say a thrill, but I just got more of a sense of like I'm helping someone else get better at the game. And basic fundamentals, I just started right there. Just probably how everybody starts, maybe AAU, maybe start training kids on the side. And then I got a job at you know in, at Elizabeth High School as a JV. Uh, I was the JV uh, head coach. Then my coach at Kane said, "Why don't you come back and be my associate coach here at Kane?" So I was I did that for two years. And then after those two years, then I got the job at Princeton. So uh, that's kind of a long story short. I don't really like talk about myself. So I try <laughs> to do the short version and just get straight to the point. But yeah, that's my that's my that's how my lifespan went there. I'm sure others could tell as well. I knew this is how this was going to go. There's just kind of something about a guy, whether it's through social media, obviously having somebody that I know knows you, but. Uh, the humble guys are easy to find. And so I have to press them a little bit. And Coach Jones is one of those guys. So you you quickly flew over the fact, like you said, you're a D3 player as if you're like just another D, D3 player, uh, a first team All-American uh, Division three player. And then your professional career wasn't like you were playing in some basement overseas somewhere like you were you were hooping overseas. How did that experience and those experiences help prepare you for where you're at right now? It, it was really vital, I would say, because when you play overseas, it's not just about, you think about it, it's not just about basketball, it's getting involved with the community, getting involved with the culture, you know, also getting in, you know, being a good teammate, believe it or not, little basic things and like uh, just seeing different cultures too, you'd be able to see the way how people live. Like when I was in Norway, it was the, it was just like everybody just did things in just a certain way. Like everybody, like everybody takes vacations. Everybody gets up and goes to work or goes for a run. Like everybody is always moving, doing different things. And everybody knows how to speak to each other. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Like completely different, you know, and not that I'm saying, you know, other places aren't the same, but it just opens up your eyes to how things are. And now here at Princeton, it's like, uh, it really is a great place. I love being at Princeton. Um, it's something, it literally is a dream. You know, I think a lot of people would say, well, especially if you even played basketball at Princeton, but even just a coach, Every day I wake up, I'm just like, well, I walk around mm -hmm. campus every now and then. I'm just like, well, I really, you know, I really work here. 
what an opportunity, what, how fortunate am I, you know? Um, and I don't take that lightly. I try to be as, you know, like I said, just me coming from that division three background, I'm gonna do everything that I can. If it's something that I can't, that I can't do, I'm gonna try to find out how to do it and just continue to take my, uh, you know, take it day by day. Well, how about your pri- primary responsibilities there? Oh, so for here now, my responsibility is really like we were just talking about before we got on this call, uh, recruiting. Recruiting is number one. Uh, you got to get you got to get players. Um, I think uh, when I was back in uh, when I first started my coaching journey, uh, Tom Wagenblast, he was the head coach at uh, College of St. Elizabeth. Now he's the AD here now. He he gave me this one great quote, and I'll never forget it. I don't know if he's quoted over to himself. He would just say, "You can't win without players." <laughs> That's all he just said, and now I understand it so vividly because it's like yeah, it so you, sounds so simple. You, it sounds simple, but you have to get the and that's thing. You have to get the type of player that Princeton needs, and everybody knows the whole you know peak real thing. Pass, dribble, shoot. Gotta have those kind of qualities, and that's the players that we kind of look for. So, like I said, but back to my responsibilities: uh, recruiting, uh, player development, uh, scouting. You know, scouting. You know, us in Ivy League, it's always it's tough to play at. You know, at Penn, at Harvard, at Yale. Those are tough places to play at. You know, at Columbia. You know, New York City. Like those are the Scouting is very, you know, and it's got to be detailed. The guy's already in class, so we can't give them another lecture on basketball. We have to try to get straight to the point. We try to give three things. Hey, listen, this guy does this well. Let's try to have him take these shots. And if we do that, maybe we'll be successful. We'll see how, what happens at the end of the game. So, but those are the things that my responsibilities you know, are very detailed. And, um, you know, I'm enjoying it. So. Tell me a little bit more about finding that fit for Princeton. Everybody knows smart. Surely it's more than just having a high IQ. Yeah, absolutely. It's also, I would say, um, say, so our, we have an incoming freshman, um, you know, Matt Alaco, he's from, uh, he's from Ohio. And he is just like very like hard-nosed kid, plays hard, and he's able to read the game, read what we're doing, making a read of what the defense is doing. Like everybody knows the whole Prince, we're going to go back cut, right? We're going to do a back cut here and there. But it's not like we have a set plays. We're just like, okay, the first play, we're going to go back to the second play, we're going to go back door. No, it's more about us, the guys, reading the game. Can you read the game? Can you see the game? Can you see what the defense is doing? And also, can you make a shot, right? Shot-making ability is what we need at Princeton. You have to be able to make a shot. Have you found since you've been there, is it easier because of the kinds of kids that you have to teach concepts like that to them? Or is it just the same no matter what? Um, we really teach it the same and other guys, you know, some guys, you know, grow differently and we, everybody knows some, maybe your forward, your forward guy gets it the first year, but maybe your two guard gets it like, you know, year and a half, year and a half in all of a sudden he has a really great summer. He comes back for a sophomore year and he just like, it just clicks. And that's the thing as a coach too, you can't rush progress, right? We, us coaches, we try to play, oh, he's got to be able to do this, he's got to be this, that guy for us, but you cannot rush progress, right? One of the things about, you know, the Sixers is all about trust the process. You have to, you know, continue just to show them film detailed film. I'm really good with film, showing guys film, one-on-one film. Hey, Matt, you know, Lachlan, check this out. Watch, look where your feet are at right here. Did you see that you could have went back to it? Did you see that you could have popped out? Did you see you just catching the ball, just waiting to split half of a beat and then driving really hard and then find the next pass? Did you see that? It's always showing the guys those little details, those fine-tuned details that you're not really going to see all the time on the box score or like how did he get that open shot. But as a coach, me being here now, wow, it's crazy me saying this going to my third year, you know, here now. Just seeing it. And once you see it, when you get it, now as a coach, now I have to do is just really coach Henderson, which is really great at, unless, unless our guys play. Unless our guys play. You work on a, a lot, I know, with the big men and have had experience, obviously, playing career. Similarities in developing those players there at Princeton for that offense versus maybe developing a player other places 
and then also the differences and how you coach because of the style that you all play there? Well, I would say just briefly, <clears throat> one of the biggest things I think it's all with our, with our guys is this might sound very basic, and I know it's going to be like, really, that's it. I really try to get our guys, can you dribble the ball with your right hand three hard times with your right mm -hmm. hand and make a one-handed pass? And can you dribble the ball three hard times with your left hand and make a one-handed pass? Can you do that? Mm -hmm. Most of our offense is really just catching. Maybe you're playing on the other, other side, one, two hard dribbles, pass. Or you're in the post and you got you got your back towards the basket. You catch the ball, you face up, jab to the right, you drive left, step through, jump, layup. Very, very, very simple. But can you do that? And of course, everybody, but high school players, like, I can do that right now. That's it's very easy. But then when you're playing, you're talking about a conference game, you know, playing at Yale, whoa, that's a big time game, you know, playing at Harvard. Can you be able to be confident in doing those things? And sometimes, for the most part, with practice, we literally start every practice, usually either it's either dribbling and everybody, bigs, guards, smalls, centers, wherever you have, dribbling. And if it's not dribbling, we're going to go right into passing. Got to be able to pass. And then, I'm not saying that you got to be a, you know, behind the back specialist. I'm not saying that. You have to be able to throw a pass on the money. If I'm a shooter and my hands are right here, can you throw the ball to me with, right in my hands? I shouldn't have to move. Right-handed, one-handed, or left-handed. got to be able to do those things. What I did is I always talk about backboard all net layups. Can you make a layup where it hit the ball, hits the backboard, and it goes straight through the net? It doesn't, it doesn't touch the rim. I'm really big on that because just focus on trying to be have it to perfection in your skill development, in your workouts, and practice. And then when the game comes, and yeah, you go for a layup and it rolls around the rim and goes in. But you know what? Just because you practice on making it almost like perfect. I remember back in the day when I used to play, I think all the guys played 2K. It's always trying to get that perfect release on the free throw, right? That's a perfect release. That means it goes straight through. The, it doesn't hit the rim at all. It goes straight through. Can you do that? Can we do that? Can you get to that kind of a mindset in your practice, in skill development, on your own time when the guys, when we don't have summer classes, the guys are back home now. Can you, when you're working out, what are the things that you're thinking about? How are you going through these workouts? Everybody's got a trainer, which is great. I love I love guys who you know are skilled development trainers. Awesome. Think about those things when you go through those workouts. It's always a way that you can get an edge, but it's all about your mindset. What are you thinking about? What do you? How do you see the game? How do you see yourself being on the floor with us fall like we're getting back into playing again? That first practice, every every player loves that first practice because everybody wants to go hard. Are you ready for that first day? Because of COVID, I've talked to a couple other guys that we we had from the from the your Ivy League. Have you done anything with them? Are you around them at all? So for this, we had some of our guys up for the spring session. So for the spring uh, semester, we had some of our guys come back to campus and we were able to do some skill development workouts. You know, everybody had a mask on, stay six feet apart at first. You know, we was in phase one. Then we got to phase two. We kind of got a little bit of, you know, you know, a little bit of contact here and there, but kept things short. It was actually really good. You know, we really just played. We had our guys just play. Um, and we had, you know, we got guys from, you know, times from Newcastle, England, like, you know, mm -hmm. Lay, you know, he's from Australia. We got guys from everywhere, but he was able to come out. We played, and, you know, it was really good just to see, you know, the freshmen, you know, understand what we're talking about. Like I talk about, I keep saying Matt Lockwood because I love this kid, you know. Can you see the game? Can He play, He plays so hard, you know, just him starting to see it. And like now, yes, you got to be able to play hard, but now have poise. Know how to know how to, when you have to move fast and when you have to move quick. Basic little details, but it's just the spring really helped us a whole lot. And just to seeing our guys. Because we, if not, we would have not seen them, I guess, for almost like, you know, a year or some change. Yeah. It had been way too long. So the spring session really helped us out a lot. Coach, really quickly, let me tell you about a brand new app called Wildcard. It's a social engagement platform specifically designed for youth sports teams. You, your players, their parents, people are going to love this thing. The app allows you to create virtual training programs, manage schedules, give player and game reports, and post player videos and highlights. 
I've checked out the platform and I highly recommend you give Wildcard a look. Especially in this climate with a lot of us having limited or even no contact with our players, Wildcard allows you to stay connected and build culture with your players through the use of technology. Right now, there's a special promotion for a quick timeout listeners. You can download and use the app for free, but you must do so within the first two weeks of the release of this episode. So check the link in the show notes to download and start using Wildcard with your team today. You're going to love it. All right. So run me through like a typical non-COVID year. So just a regular spring workout. Um, How long is it? Uh, How do you incorporate the fundamental skills as well as building them towards that Princeton offense? What does it look like from year to year? Like how, what are you trying to do maybe with the freshman, sophomore, junior? I'm guessing that it's not the same for any, everybody, but maybe it is. Yeah, well, uh, so pre-COVID, we were trying to have, you know, we try to break it up evenly. So a mixture of freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors within those within that, within that uh, workout. And we try to go two or three groups. So maybe it's me and, you know, me, our associate head coach, Brett McConnell and Sky. And we got the first group, you know, we're working out, we're working out on basic things. So dribbling, passing. Working on layups. We're always trying to make layups. Got to make layups. Can you make the layups over just two high hands? You know, I might just be down there with a with a, with a pad on, but I'm not even doing anything. I'm just standing there with two high hands. And can guys just come off two or come off one and just finish through? Not finish around or off to the side. Just go right at the rim. Hmm. Basically, things like that. Do we work on shooting? Everybody does, you know. I think every program in the country does, you know, you know, partner shooting. One rebounder, he just passes it out. Now, when you get the rebound, can you get the rebound? Bounce the ball as hard as you can with your right hand. Go past the guy in the corner. Same thing. Catch a rebound. Bounce. Pass. Catch it. Rebound. Maybe left hand. Pass. Basic things like that. Then we're working on three-man reads. So we go three-man. Go the ball to the elbow. The big's at the elbow. You know, pass and screen away. Everybody does it. Read it. Now come together very, very slowly, and then you're going that way. One guy's going back to it. The other guy's popping out to the wing. I know I'm going fast, but that's just like that's just that's how good. it goes. And it just goes yeah. so quickly. And then the guys understand it. And at first, it really is like, I know everybody's heard that term, pass the screen away. But now we actually teach you, like, you don't have to go as fast. You don't have to. You can actually, it's actually good to be slow. So when you mm-hmm. pass it to the big at the elbow, come really close to the guy who's on the wing, very, very slowly. And then just a little stutter step, and one guy's going back to it, the other guy pops. Or maybe you use it, and he comes around. So this, this it's almost like you, the defense can't really dictate as much. You, it's all about how you move and how your steps are. Footwork, very important. Most of the time I ask the guys, hey, every year I go, can anybody, can anybody dance here? If you can dance, it means you got good footwork. So great, because we're going to need it. We're going to need it. So, But that's kind of how the workouts go. And then we always try to finish up with something very competitive. Maybe it's, you know, three on three. It depends on how many guys we have. Maybe it's just one-on-one from the wing. Maybe it's one-on-one in transition. And when we do in transition, I love in transition because uh, that's the bigs too. So you got to guard a guard. And you just got to try to make, make a, take a tough shot. Always going to test shots with a high hand, you know, we, and we don't try not to foul. Don't foul. You got to always show the ref your hands, show your hands, have your hands back, and just move move on the dribble. You got to just move along with the guy and make sure he takes a tough shot with two high hands. And literally, it's just one thing to the next. And on top of that, we have to be efficient. So, guys got class. So, we try to do it for probably about maybe 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Get guys in and out. But when we start, if we say we're going to start a workout at, say, 445, that means at 445, you were stretched. You already went to go see the, see the trainer. You got yourself taped. At 445, we're going. And that's the mentality we want, to, we want to come with because when it comes to game time, it's just how it goes. You want to get yourself ready, you know, it's time for game time, and the ball goes, gets thrown up, you've got to be ready to play. I love that. And I love that you said that because I, I've tried to convey that to others, uh, high school coaches or players, even when they ask me at a much lower level, obviously, playing college. But it's that get in the gym, work as hard as you can, and get out of the gym because there are other things that maybe for a high school student, they, they have extra free time. But college students don't have that 
luxury, especially when you're playing at those higher levels. Let me ask this because I get that asked this. What are the players deficient at when they come in to your program? In other words, what should we be working on to help better prepare those young men and young women for when they have the opportunity? I would say, honestly, just be prepared to understand that <clears throat> you're not going to know everything. Uh, you're going to come, but if you can, try to come in the best shape possible that you can get fit to, be in shape and be ready to learn. Um, because it's just one of those things you can't, you can't, like I said, I talked about before, you can't rush a process, right? So basic things of just making sure guys are in shape, making sure they understand how sometimes as a coach, it's not always going to be there, but you can literally talk to a senior or a junior on a team. Don't be shy. It's okay. He's not going to bite you. You can talk to him and ask mm -hmm. him, What's, what can I do as a freshman now? To, what can I work on? What can I do? The guys, the older guys are always willing, willing to talk and help, you know, help the younger guys. But sometimes it's amazing how some freshmen don't even want to talk. Hmm. And even talking on the court, let's not even get started on that. Freshmen, sometimes they say, which freshman, we always say every year, which freshman is going to be on the one that can he talk on defense? And I'm not just saying just talk, just to say it, like talking our verbiage and talk loud. And almost when you say it, it's almost like you're demanding. When you say left, 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 that means the screen is coming left. You got to yell. Things like that. Like it's always for freshmen. It's sometimes it's always things like that. Um, so I would just say come in great shape. I would say be un understand, be comfortable being uncomfortable. I know we've all heard that before. And don't be afraid to ask old, the older guys on the team, like, what can we do? Or if you know a one-week area, ask one of the guys, older guys to play one-on-one. -on -one. Get yourself better defensively. Try not to foul. Always try to jump into one of their workouts. You know, one of our guys, you know, Devin Kennedy, like, he played in, you know, he's a great player for us, you know, Ivy League, this and that, and, you know, played for the Magic. He was on the G League team. He's a G League, you know, MVP got a 10-day contract with the Magic just by him just really just making a shot and just being able to just be consistent at that. And that's because when he was a freshman, that's all he was doing, just continue just in the gym. Not that long, efficiency, efficiency, make a shot, get out, go to class. Make a shot, go to class, you know what I'm saying? Things like that. And he's, you know, in the NBA. So those are the things, like, don't think, you know, and also, too, not, as I know it's a lot of stereotypes about Princeton, but don't think, listen, though, we got guys that can play here. Yes, they are high academic players, but, I mean, high academic, you know, students, but they also, we can play. You know, we know mm -hmm. how to, you know, play the game as well, too. So it's not just all about, you know, uh, while Prince said, oh, okay, these guys are just, you know, they just got all this crazy peak Carrill stuff and, you know, uh, offense and stuff. We still run some of this stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, we can play as well. We can play. Were you comfortable with that style of offense before you got there? Or did you feel like it took you some time to get comfortable with it? It took me some time. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be very candid. It took me uh, some time. I remember actually, too, I was uh, – Actually, Coach Carrill was in the gym one time, and I was um, I was working out one of the guys, and you know, Coach Grill, like whenever he wants to talk to me, well, that's like, intimidating. Listen, it's just like I was work I was working one of the guys out, and one of the guys was struggling defensively, and he just goes, "Yo, you know, that's how he said, yo, JJ, yo." So I'm like, okay. so like, yo, like, come on, like, yo, it's Coach Carrill. I guess I gotta go over there. He's just, I'm like, he's like, I'm like, he's like, yo, what you doing over there with the guys? And I'm just trying to work on some things, this and that. And he goes, "I'll give you a drill that you can do," and I'm like. Okay, cool. I said, hold on, Coach Carrillo. I'll be right back. Let me get a pen and pad. I want to write this down. He goes, no. He said, you'll need a pen and pad. I said, you sure? He said, yeah. He said, he said, take a guy and give him the ball. I said, okay, take a guy, give him the ball. And he goes, now take a guy who's kind of slow and tell him, tell him to guard him until he stops it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was just like, I was just like, and it was because one of the guys that was playing freshman, young, you know, not really too sure. I'm like, Coach Carrillo, like, I could do that, but that's kind of going to, you know, we don't have to stay, stay on. He's just like, he said, tell him to guard him until he stops him. And then when he does it, <laughs> now try to see if you can do that thing, that same thing again tomorrow without me telling you. That was it. 
that's Coach Grill just one-on-one. I was, I was at my third or fourth month in. I'm like, okay, my Coach Grill just knows it better than me. Just take a guy. Okay, I got you. One-on-one. Okay, I got it. But, yeah, but Coach Grill is uh, – He's great. And actually, he's um he's gonna he's got a birthday coming up. I think he's gonna be ninety one, I believe. So, but uh yeah, Coach Grill has uh, been great. But back to your main question, I know I got a little off. That was good. No, I like that. But uh yeah, when I first got to Princeton, I did not know. I really had to study it. I had to watch old film. Luckily, we have a database where I could watch all games and everything. And you know, we had all these things. I was watching as much films I could learn in the offense as I could. But it took me some time. It definitely took mm. me some time. So, mm. all right, last thing here. Uh, I have coaches that listen to this who aspire to be college coaches or they aspire to be in college sports to some degree. What would you say are the, the characteristics, absolute necessary characteristics to being an effective assistant coach? I would say number one is going to sound like I, I like making things really plain is mm-hmm. as an assistant coach, what are you doing to make your head coach's job easier? All that details are recruiting and not just recruit. I know I, I say recruiting, but you have to recruit efficiently. Know the guys that you're trying to get, what does he like? What does he not like? How do you not waste his time by bringing a player to him? He's just like, that's not even the type of guy that we would want to take, you know, things like that. Can you help him with, you know, maybe helping some guys get things started or even with camp, helping, you know, our director of basketball operations, Chris Mongelia, like, how can you make guys' jobs easier? Always helping. So I would definitely say, Whatever you can do to make the head coach's job easier, I would say to try to be as much as you can. And it sounds crazy, but task management, knowing your priorities, whatever he gives you, do that. And also, if you have some other time, try to help another coach out on something else as well. Trying to do knowing what you have to get done in a certain in a day and just taking it straight from there. Um, and I think I would say lastly is just knowing, you know, what your role is um, on the staff. Like I know what my role is. And also I try to be authentic. And I know it's so easy uh, to say that, be authentic. What does that mean? Like, I am this, like, how I, I'm talking with you. I'm, I'm like this with the guys. I'll make a joke here and there, but at the same time, when I step on the floor and we're trying to work on layups, we're working on passing, I'm like, listen, Captain, do it this way. Do it exactly how the guy in front of you who's the senior is doing it. You can't mess it up. Like, you have to be able to demand some certain things. And sometimes this is assistant coach's role is the head coach is, you know, he's kind of like the one who's, like, really on, on the guys. Most of the time, as assistant, you have to know that balance. When to talk to guys, pull them to the side. Maybe it's after practice. During film sessions, it's a crucial time where you can build your relationship with the players. Hmm. You do film sessions one-on-one, you show a guy, you know, a great cut, a great shot, another great another great pass. Then show him, hey, listen, you got beat back door on here. For Princeton, you should not get beat back door. You hmm. know what I mean? You gotta, that's how you build that relationship up. But you're, you're showing him things that build that relationship so that way you can guys, so that later in the season, when you talk to him, he's not just looking at you like, well, now you want to coach me. But this whole time, preseason, you haven't said anything to me. So those are just some basic things. And uh, I know I don't have all the keys to success. I'm still learning as, you know, every other coach out there is learning. But those are the things I would say that definitely is going to help to be a, you know effective official coach. That's Coach J.J. Jones, assistant coach for the Princeton Tigers. Coach, thanks for jumping on the show. No problem at all. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.